Have you ever wondered what it's like to be a KC-135 pilot? I know I have. What is it like to get into a cockpit and have complete control over a multi-million dollar aircraft and be part of something that's so big you truly feel a sense of accomplishment once you land that aircraft and complete a mission? Did you know that not all of our pilots come straight from college? In fact, a lot of them are prior enlisted and have military experience before they don that flight suit. Of course, you still have to have a college education and pass all of the tests and schooling that you need to get to before you can pilot one of those aircraft. But a common misconception about our junior pilots is that they're straight from college and they have no experience. Well, that simply isn't true. And today, we have two pilots coming in who are fresh out of pilot school and are ramping up to go on their first KC-135 mission. They're going to come in, they're going to talk to us about their story, where they come from, what career fields they were in before, and why they chose to become a pilot. They're also going to talk about how easy it is for you to become a pilot if you choose to do so. On this 26th episode of the Maniac Radio Show, we're going to dig a little deeper into our Maniac interest side of the house and hear from these two exceptional airmen. I'm your host, Tech Sergeant Andy Sinclair with the 101st Public Affairs Office here in Bangor, so let's get on with it. I'm also going to talk about some retirements coming up, as well as what to expect for this drill weekend. We've got an awesome Maniac fact for you, but before we jump into any of that, let's check out your Maniac headlines. The 2017 Airman Development Summit was held over October Drill, and as always, it was a major hit. State Command Chief Master Sergeant Kelly Hofsis and Wing Command Chief Master Sergeant Dan Moore coordinated the event, allowing airmen from across the state to be part of an open dialogue-style environment that engaged both the leadership of the Maine Air National Guard and their airmen. The event was held over two days and involved presentations from various maniacs concerning current events, our mission, and how each and every airman is vital to our cause. The event also involved a bullet writing course, as well as breakout sessions for mentorship, leadership, and financial and educational briefings. Brigadier General Doug Farnham is the main state adjutant general, and he explains why events like these are important. We are asking more and more uh, every day and every year of our airmen. As the tasks get more complicated, as the world becomes more complicated, as we go on 16 years of continuous war, it isn't any easier. And so the ability to slow down and talk a little bit about it is important and explain why readiness is important. Explain why when they open the newspaper in the morning, the events around the world that are happening matter to them. It's all good stuff and uh, it's great to be here. The event also featured a very special guest who spoke with the airmen. Kenneth Riles Sr. is a charter member for the Maniacs and spoke about military legacy. He enlisted as a propeller troop in 1947 and is the last surviving Maniac charter member. His advice and mentorship was well received by today's airmen who carry on the legacy he began so long ago. The 2017 Security Forces Halloween party was last week, and it was a great turnout. Members and their families dressed up in their favorite Halloween costumes and headed to the base to partake in some festive fun. Kids could visit multiple decorated stations to grab candy and show off their alter egos. Master Sergeant Pelkey brought her family to the party, and she tells us why they had fun. It's something that we look forward to every year, and he was just eager to go to every station that was there, and uh, he had a great time. The party also had a bounce house, games, and free pizza to anyone who came. That's it for your Maniac Headlines. Keeping you up to date is our mission. Two pilots from here at the base, they both pilot the KC-135 Stratotanker, and they've come in today to talk to us about their story 
give us a little bit of backstory about where they came from. So I want to thank you both for coming in. We have Lieutenants Carl Burnham and Lieutenant Bonia. First, we'll start off with Lieutenant Burnham. Can you give us a little backstory about where, where you came from and, and what got you into this? I was originally a crew chief um, on the KC-135 when I first enlisted, and I did that mostly to help pay for college. Um, uh, it, was, it was good extra money, and I ended up being able to graduate from college with very little debt, so it was a really good deal. And then, um, yeah, as I was, as I was working um, on the flight line and I started going on trips with different pilots and uh, whatnot, different crews, they started you know, talking to me about this whole pilot thing. And uh, the more I heard about it, the more it sounded like a good deal. And uh, I really liked the unit and I really liked, you know, all the pilots and uh, whatnot up there. I was getting along with them pretty well. And so that's, that's kind of what started the whole thing. So what year did you originally enlist? I enlisted way back in 2009. I still had three years of college left. And like I said, I was having a hard time paying for it. One of my buddies mentioned it to me at the guard and how they can help with college and whatnot. And so I was like, yeah, it sounds like a good deal. Just happened to choose crew chief as a job and it worked out really well because I was able to meet a lot of different air crew and get to travel and whatnot. Where were you going to school? I was going to school at the University of Maine, um, mechanical engineering. So how was the interview process? So was there just an opening that came up and you applied for it? Yeah, basically every year they open up the board and uh, it's kind of a lengthy application process, but you know, you just get all the stuff together that they need. They pulled me in for an interview and there's like probably like six of them sitting there and they just kind of talk to you. It's not about like anything special. They just want to get to know you and uh, see what your background is and whatnot. And so, yeah, and then uh, it was only like two weeks later and they're like, yep, you're, you're going to be hired, so... That's cool. So then how much how much sooner after that did, were you assigned to go to OTS? Yeah, so they hire for like the next year. So I got hired in like September of 14, and then I left for officer school October of 15. So they, they hire like a year in advance, basically. What's been your biggest takeaway so far? Everybody at this unit definitely like has each other's back. They always try to help each other and uh, be better pilots or better whatever you happen to be. You know, we're always trying to help each other be better and we take a lot of pride in this unit uh, being the best at what we do. Last question. So you have an upcoming flight. It's your first flight coming up since you've been back from school. How are you feeling about that? Definitely excited. Uh, a little nervous, but definitely excited because, you know, they've been trying to get me to this point for like two years. Being able to finally get to that point, I'm excited. And uh, I think, you know, leadership and everybody else up there is excited that we're finally getting to this point where we can, you know, help out with the mission and do our part. So it's, it's time for us to pay back a little bit. Lieutenant Bonier, am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned to me before we started recording that you were prior active duty. Can you give us a little bit of a background on that? Yeah, uh, I enlisted back in uh, 07, December, and then uh, I was in for eight years. I started applying to all the guard bases, basically. Got a couple of interviews. The maniacs hired me, and then I joined them. So what made you want to become a pilot? Oh, I've always wanted to be a pilot. So it's more of a personal thing. What were you as an enlisted troop? I was a, an aerospace physiology technician. We used to train air crews uh, on altitude chambers, just uh, like the physiology of flight on when, what to expect when uh, they're flying up there. That's cool. So both of you come from prior enlisted career fields that they have to do with the aircraft or the air crew. So that's kind of neat. So you have that background. That's cool. Where are you from originally? I'm from Manila, Philippines. I graduated college uh, up back in the Philippines and then so after I graduated I you know came here that's awesome so how do you like Maine so far Maine Maine's nice yeah be honest 
Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. I mean, the winter, like everybody's talking about the winter time, but I live in Ohio for four years. It's almost similar. Yeah, very similar. Except up here, we have like a horse and carriage and a sleigh to get around. We don't have four-wheel drive vehicles, so. Snowmobiles, too. We uh, also use snowmobiles. <laughs> Go to Hanford in a snowmobile. Yeah, that's cool. Really? Yeah. No, no. I mean, you probably, you probably could. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, because <laughs> I believe that. So what, what, what has been your experience so far with the Maniacs? Everybody's really friendly. They have your back, and they want you to succeed. They want you to, you know, be the best, because you've got to do the mission, and that's what this is all about. Absolutely. So when you were active duty and part of a different unit before, have you, have you ever heard of the Maniacs? No, I have not. Really? You're supposed to say yes. He didn't get out much. Base Ops is the only resource that, you know, I found, oh, Maniacs. Did you ever see the sticker? I was an instructor. I was scooped up in the building training people all day. Did you ever deploy before? Nope. No. So there you go. That's probably part of another reason. I was not deployable as an instructor. It's like a recruiter, you know? one of those best kept secrets in the military <laughs> yeah what is your biggest anticipation what are you looking forward to most about your new career field uh doing the mission honestly just like i said you know being a pilot is all i really wanted to do so that's what i'm about to do that's cool so basically the whole thing i'm excited do you have any um aspiration to, to get your private pilot's license or uh, i already had my uh, licenses up to instrument uh, i did that when i was enlisted uh, just to like beef up my package um, when I started applying to guard bases. So yeah, but uh, I'm planning to get my ATP as soon as I get the time. That's awesome. What would either one of you say to anyone who's thinking about becoming a pilot or thinking about joining the Maine Air National Guard or the service in general? Do you have any, any messages for them? It's definitely very doable. Like sometimes you can get bogged down in the paperwork and whatnot. We are looking for pilots and uh, um, make yourself marketable and do what you can, and if you don't get hired the first year, just keep applying, and uh, it's definitely very doable, very easy. Yeah, uh, like you said, the paperwork, it takes a lot of effort, but uh, once you go through that hump, yeah, just keep applying, because I got turned down a lot of times. If you, once you decide that you want to be a pilot, you got to go 100% for it. So that also starts from, you know, applying, getting that paperwork done, or making yourself marketable, like he said. Just improving yourself. Um, that way, um, the maniacs will look at your package and say, okay, we might want to interview this guy and see what he or she is all about. This is actually the last question, but what was the hardest part about pilot school? The hardest part? Some people get intimidated with pilot training. They think it's like super hard, but I think it's mostly about, it's hard work. It's not academically, um, challenging. Yeah, it's not academically challenging as most people would think, but it's mostly about hard work, like physical, waking up in the morning or flying twice a day. Um, and it could mentally drain you. So like I said earlier, you have to be 100% on it. Like you have to put on a lot of effort. And that's also what everybody uh, told me during the interview, like pilot training is all about hard work. Um, but going back to your question, the hardest part was that one, you know, um, being busy and trying not to be mentally drained because uh, the, the two flights a day was draining. Studying, like, you know, your TOs, uh, technical orders, um, getting to know your plane, the regulations and localism. Like, you get really busy and you just have to put hard work. And uh, I wasn't expecting it at first, but once you get used to it, you'll be like, okay, it's not bad at all. 
So that was the hardest part for me was the initial bam. It's kind of like a deployment. You're afraid of that uncertainty and you don't know what to expect and you got a new people, group of people you're working with and new supervisors and when you get there, like you said, the initial bang into, into, into getting in there and getting accustomed to things is the hardest part but once you become accustomed to getting to a routine rhythm, going to the gym, chow hall, work, sleep, call home, once you get into that battle rhythm, that's when it becomes easier, right? Very much, yeah. That's good because that's that goes that ties back into the way the military trains its troops is a way that they train you for when you go down range, which is key. You know, if they were training you the exact opposite and setting you up for failure, like you said earlier, they want you to succeed. So that's that's key. Uh, Lieutenant Burnham, what was the hardest part for you? I think like looking back, the most difficult part um, was kind of what he was talking about at the, the beginning. So you kind of start out just doing academics and stuff. Those first like couple months probably of hitting the flight line, so actually starting flying in the in the T6, which is the first trainer that you fly, um, is just they beat you beat you right down. Like they'll you're there as long as they can keep you 12 hours a day, and uh, and they're just they tell you if, when you're not doing well, right up straight up, and uh, it, like you said, it can be very mentally challenging um, and stressful. Um, and so, yeah, those, those first couple months of flying, uh, definitely probably the most difficult. You get better, you know what I mean? You get better at flying, so the instructors aren't uh, on your case as much, and uh, you know, you don't have to study as much because you're actually, you know about the airplane now, and, and uh, so it, it gets easier for a couple of different reasons, and they also don't keep you there as long. Once they figure out that you know your stuff, you know, they let you go home a little earlier some days, and so, it kind of lets up after the first couple months, but yeah, those first couple months are definitely challenging. So I want to thank you both again for coming in and taking your time to tell your story and good luck out there. And I appreciate everything you guys do. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks. Let's give a round of applause to these two pilots for their outstanding work. You know, it's something that Chief Moore always talks about, about us being the 1% of America's population that chooses to serve their country. Just 1%. Now, a lot of people don't understand why, because it is a choice. For those of you who wear the uniform, you choose to do that. Some people don't understand, and some people never will. But to be part of that 1% is a privilege, and it brings a sense of pride in ways that cannot be communicated through words. These two pilots get it, they understand it. So again, I wanna say thank you for your service. So moving on, what's going on this drill weekend? Well, if you haven't heard, General Bolduc is retiring. He's the main Air National Guard commander. He's starting a new chapter in his life and retiring from a long-standing, distinguished history in wearing that uniform. General Young will be taking over, so he will be our new main Air National Guard commander. So let's take this time to congratulate General Bolduc and wish him all the best in his future endeavors, as well as congratulate General Young on his new command and that we wish him all the best. Also this weekend, the wing will be having another CCAF graduation, and it's the largest CCAF graduation in the wing's history. I think I heard somewhere around 75 graduates will be receiving their CCAF degree, so that's outstanding. Congratulations to all of you. Also, Senior Master Sergeant Amy Sear, you may know her from the finance office. She will be retiring this weekend as well. So make sure if you see her, you stop her and congratulate her. And also in this last bit, this kind of ties back into last month's Airman Development Summit and understanding what your brothers and sisters in uniform do and how it has a bigger impact on the overall mission that the United States Air Force conducts. One of the units from South Portland packed up all of their belongings, all of their gear, and headed straight to Puerto Rico to assist in the hurricane relief efforts. They provided radio and email capabilities to a Red Horse Squadron that was down there and had a direct impact 
on the mission at hand. So that's pretty cool stuff, and it's just one more story that needs to get out there on how our maniacs affect the bigger picture. So if there's anybody from South Portland listening to this, awesome job and way to represent the maniacs. And here we are again with another maniac fact. This maniac fact is brought to you by the 101st Air Refueling Wing, refueling people, also known as boomers where their mission is to fuel our longer missions. Tactical locations are often long distances from supporting airfields, which means aircraft may require a refueling mid-flight, operating a specialized boom from the back of the KC-135. In-flight refueling specialists pump thousands of gallons of jet fuel into aircraft in need of fuel. These highly trained experts must also have a steady hand and nerves in order to complete this remarkable and crucial task so we can continue to successfully complete all of our missions. To learn more about how you can become a 101st Boomer, contact your local recruiter. And here's your maniac fact. Let's rewind back to October of 1982, where the wing holds its second annual Oktoberfest. It was held on Saturday, October 16th, and it was being dubbed the gala event of the Maniac Social Year. The gala was inside the old hangar, which I think was building 496, and the hangar itself was temporarily named the Stardust Ballroom. Sounds magical, right? I suppose it probably did after a few of those German drinks. Anything might sound magical. But there was dancing, there was a 14-piece orchestra from Portland, there was German food, as well as German drinks. I'm not going to get into too much detail about what those German drinks were, but you can probably guess that they weren't apple juice or chocolate milk. I'll leave that to your imagination. But just remember, Stardust Ballroom. Now, as I said earlier, this was the second annual Maniac Oktoberfest. The first year they had one was in 1981. But what made the Oktoberfest in 1982 especially different was that it just so happened that one week prior to the event, B. Kleinschmidt Mueller happened to be passing through Bangor, and he had heard of the Oktoberfest held here on the base. Now, at the time, Mueller was the top internationally known highly respected Oktoberfest expert from all over the world. He was the guy to go to if you were planning a German Oktoberfest event. And somebody, I'm not sure who, but somebody from the wing was able to interview him and ask him a few questions while he sat waiting to get on his aircraft. Tips about what we could do to make the Maniac Oktoberfest more authentic. He gave advice about music to play, what food to serve, and even how much to charge the event goers for their food and drinks, which I think that year was $12.50 a couple, so that's not too bad. I thought that was pretty cool that it just so happened that the top Oktoberfest specialist happened to be passing through Bangor and was able to give a few words of advice on how the Maniacs should run their gala especially when it comes to German food and drinks. I'm sure everybody made it home safely that night and was extremely responsible after they left the gala. And just like right now, safety was a top priority in the 80s. But there you have it, a cool piece of Maniac history that you may or may not have known. I'm not sure exactly what year they ended the Maniac Oktoberfest, but it's a cool piece of our legacy and a cool story to pass around. What a crazy week it's been. Lucasfilms released another Star Wars trailer. The Houston Astros won their first World Series in history. Oh, and then we also had this little storm in Maine. And by little, I mean it was probably the biggest one we've had since the ice storm of 98. 
You know, the kind of storm where we're left with a half a million homes without power, and every gas station looks like it's a zombie apocalypse because people are frantically trying to buy gas for their generators. It was crazy, but the kind of crazy that can be fixed. We owe it all to our line workers who are out there working 16-hour shifts trying to restore power back to the people of Maine. You guys are awesome, and from everybody at the 101st Air Refueling Wing, we say thank you for your service. You guys are great. This has been episode 26 of the Maniac Radio Show. I'm your host, Tech Sergeant Andy Sinclair with the 101st Public Affairs Office here in Bangor. Be sure to check us out over on Facebook and Instagram by searching 101STARW. You can find photos, articles, videos, all that good stuff to keep you occupied before your next dentist appointment. Be sure to check out the Vice Wing Commander's official Facebook and Instagram by searching CV.101ARW. He offers a different perspective of what goes on here in the main air guard. I hope you guys have an awesome drill weekend. Make sure if you see General Bullock or Senior Master Sergeant Sear, you congratulate them on their outstanding careers and thank them for their service. But until next time, so long, be safe, and be awesome.